One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Hey, Caitlin. Oh, my God. I can't even look at your face without cracking up. I'm so excited to talk to you. I've, like, seen you in passing. You've, you've been harassing me about doing a podcast. I've been harassing you. But more importantly, no. people. The people have been asking for this. The people have been harassing the both of us uh, for a pod. And we apologize, everybody out there, but... Give us a break. We've been a little bit busy. Someone has been moving to Brooklyn out of the city, and I'm very upset about it, actually, to be quite honest with you, because now we're not three blocks apart. So her to come over to here, now she's got to get on two trains. Hey. And um, and I've been a little busy no uh, big deal. doing uh, television and coaching. So, um, but, but here we are on a Monday after the US Open. I am well and truly hungover, and um, for good reason. And the fact that it was a bear of a three weeks of television yeah. with the hours we were doing, we got caught in a flood um, and uh, 2 a.m., 2.30 a.m. finishes back at the courts in the morning, coaching and, um, of course, culminated for me yesterday in uh, being a part of uh, watching my one of my best friends and my old doubles partner win another Grand Slam title in Sam Stoza. That so. is an incredible... Incredible, yeah. incredible three weeks. I mean, I remember having dinner with you both maybe two and a half, three weeks ago, and I was thinking to myself, it has been a decade since Sam won her singles Grand Slam here, mm-hmm. and to watch her and run... And 16 since her first ever Grand Slam title at the US Open in doubles with Lisa Raymond. Absolutely incredible. Yeah. Absolutely incredible. Culminating yesterday in a three-set barn burner match yeah, they great. had an incredible tournament i was so 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 i mean i you know i had tears in my eyes watching it and i yeah. remember just texting you minute by minute and you didn't respond one time which you know fair enough which is a good thing because <laughs> that would mean i was actually doing my job and <laughs> pretending that you didn't exist and fair. you know for at least a couple of hours fair um enough. yeah so yeah it was a it was i did have tears in my eyes after the match as well i was just so pleasantly overwhelmingly pleased for someone like Sam and John Shui, who hasn't been home all year because of, you know, some issues with the CTA, Chinese Tennis um, Federation, and they wanted her to play in some Asian games. She wanted to play, um, you know, the Grand Slams. Anyway, typical sort of uh, random stuff from the Chinese Tennis Association. But So she hasn't been home all year. Sam hasn't been home now for four months. She's been talking to her now 14-month-old daughter on FaceTime every single day and night. Um, 
for those four months to the point that Evie, her daughter, thinks that Mama is the phone. <laughs> so whenever she sees the phone, she just says Mama. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, so oh, the good thing about all of that talking to her on the phone is that I would, you know, preemptively jump into any conversation and say Nay Nay. Nay, nay. Sure. You're programming and early. As I've, I've learned I've, with my own son, you just got to get in there and be get in there. the favorite aunt. That's which right. Is the perfect role for you because you're yeah. a total maniac yeah. and you have good aunt energy. She did wake up one morning and said, nah, nah. No, and nay, so nay. you think that's you no, or she was said, that a nay, banana? Nay. She said, nay, nay. And uh, so my life was complete when uh, Evie woke up and said, nay, nay. Um, and now. There you go. And now Sam wins the US Open. Was so this... I'm just so pleased for us, Caitlin. I mean, she's been through so much over the last couple of years with so many injuries and the pandemic and not wanting to travel and stayed home because of the pandemic last year. She was, you know, she's been contemplating retiring for a while. And now this has given her an impotence to say, why not? She went to Cincinnati with Zhang Shui. They weren't even supposed to play in the summer. Zhang uh, Shui was supposed to play with Nina Stojanovic, mm. who played with Novak at, at the Olympics yeah, and mixed. Right. And... Because she, Zhang Shui thought Sam was already playing with somebody else, and that wasn't the case. So Sam kind of called Shui and was like, "Listen, I'm not playing with anyone else. Please, like, call Nina and just ask her, please." So thank you, Nina Soyanovich, who actually gracefully let Zhang Shui play with Sam, and they are undefeated since coming back together. That's so. insane. That's insane. And yeah. is this your first Grand Slam as a coach? Uh, yeah, it is mine. Hey, well done. And hey. about that. Hey, thanks, buddy. Hey, thanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. look at you. Hopefully more to come. So we'll add that to your total. I feel like that's fair. You got no. six between Six plus one coach. Six plus one, yeah. exactly. The USTA has a really nice thing, actually. They give the winning coaches of the teams a small replica trophy. Uh, just says, you know, doubles coach, winning of the doubles hey, coach team. shout out USTA. Well done. Yeah, shout out to the USTA. Wow. Well, anyway. I, I'd like to hear about your evening. Mm. Uh, oh, it's very, uh, very, we went straight out of the courts. We had a little celebration in the courts. The USTA gives you some, you know, drinks and some charcuterie. And we sit, sit around and all, you know, reminisce about the match. And then we all went off to a Chinese restaurant in Queens. Sure. Flushing. As I you do. Presume. Flushings. Yeah. I don't know where, what the name of the restaurant is. I apologize. But Zhang Shui had set it all up. And so we went there and celebrated over a big lazy Susan I have a Chinese food. I can speak from some authority living in China that nobody does celebration meals like the Chinese do with the lazy Susans. When I was living in China, they put the liquor bottle on the lazy Susan and they would put a pack of cigarettes in front of each person at the table. Wow. I'm assuming that was not part of your well, celebration. Well, there was no smoking. But... They just really enjoy a giant celebratory meal. It was a lot of celebratory meal. And having it? somebody like John Choi to order. Yeah. Just as like, like, just whatever you want. She just, would pass around. We would say, too spicy? She's like, no, no, this is like Australian Chinese. You, you're okay with this one. Oh, because she you knows. Know. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, Zhang Shui, who could not be the, she's possibly the nicest, nicest person <laughs> I've ever met. So, again, I was super pleased for her. And so, and so yeah, wait, we had a nice meal. And meal then, and then what? Drinking. And then we I came back presume. to the city, uh, Sam and I, and the whole gang. And um, actually Sam and myself and Mel Almazolo, who's Sam's physio, and Dylan Olcott and a bunch of us all ended Dylan up. Dylan Olcott, legend. Legend. Wheelchair tennis, Golden Slam winner. And DeGroot as well. So there and was two. And DeGroot. I know two Golden Slams yeah, this year. Yeah, two Golden Slams. All four majors, plus a gold medal. Incredible, incredible effort. Amazing. Um, yeah. And is Dylan friends we're with all you guys? Cele- I would imagine. Yeah, yeah, of course. And actually, he seems like a real good time, Charlie. His Instagram is a must follow. Dylan said uh, when he came over, when he saw Sam, he's like, yeah, bloody awesome. What a great day for Australia. And he's like, <laughs> you know, Daniel Ricciardo won the F1. That's and actually, right. when Daniel won the F1 race, I said to Sam, he just won. This is unbelievable. He hasn't won for years and years. And I said, this is a good omen for Australia today. It is, yeah. And it was. And then Dylan won. And Dylan said, 
Yeah, not bad for a couple of kids from Northcote because they both actually live in the same little city in Melbourne. That's um, hilarious. In Northcote. So Dylan and Sam both, they're not from there originally, yeah, but they yeah. now live there. Um, so they had a little bit of a And you said he was at the bar? Yeah, yeah. you guys found yourself? We, uh, well, it's not far from the hotel that they're staying at. Uh-huh. I obviously live downtown, but I, I went up to the hotel area. So we walked to just a bar that Sam had gone to after her last victory in singles. She went to this bar called Snafu. Oh, wow. On, I think it's 47th and Lex. And well, it was just, you know, fun a fact. very, a bar you would never go to if well, you lived in New York. Let's I would put it never that way. go to a bar in Midtown generally. Ever. But fun fact, I guess, is that if you want to catch a Grand Slam winner, just hang, hang around the bars in the hotels where they're staying near the hotels. Probably run into one. Probably Maybe two. So we met up there and we had a few drinks there. So uh, it wasn't t- such a late night because you know the one thing you you forget as a pl- you know. As a former player, you're very exhausted after you've won. Sure. You're just, you're tired. You, yes, of course you want to celebrate and have a drink, but it is it is exhausting. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the great thing is Sam said, you know, I never got to do the little charcuterie and the celebration at the courts. She's like, when I won in 2011, I didn't get to do all of that. Why? Because they're getting pulled pulled from pillar to post doing oh, press. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you're talking, you know, our friend Carolyn Mano, who does work for CNN Sports, she was still at the courts waiting for Emma at 11, 11-ish p.m. Wow. Yeah, yeah, and the yeah. match finished at... Five, like six? 6.30 or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can imagine from that moment, Just you hours are... Hours and hours of press. Hours and hours and, also, and hours of press. And also, if you look at to this morning with uh, the me- the men, you know, these Medvedev was on the morning program starting at 7, 8 a.m. Pretty sure like, he wouldn't have slept. brutal... Yeah, brutal slog to get through press. I mean, it's great. It's a great moment, obviously. But yeah, to your point, you're tired. So you didn't tie one on completely. No. I was but bit... in fact, you are just to get the facts straight hungover. I am a little hungover, yeah. Just, well, just, you deserve it. Yes, I'm very, you. very happy and obviously was thrilled to see you uh, You getting some well-deserved praise on the TV broadcast, uh, not checking your phone. And uh, you know, getting your first Grand Slam as a coach. Yes, a thank coach. you. I didn't. So I didn't cool. actually think about that at all until you said it. So thank you. Well, you're um, anyway, enough about me and enough about Sam. Um, we have so much to discuss. Let's get into the tournament. A little for bit. my for my part, Racket did twelve things. We launched a TV show. We did a live event. We did four activations, six brand events, and pretty much everybody by yesterday felt like Daniil Medvedev did when he did the dead fish flop on Classic. the court. Just oh my god. We are done. Should we start there? Should we start with the entire tournament? Should we start with the women's draw? Should I think we start let's with start with the fact that... Our favorite matches? What, where do you want to start? Oh my There's God. so many things to talk about. So and I made you shut up when I first got here so that we could tape it all. So I have no idea what you have been thinking about. And I, you're going to hear it here for the first time, everybody. Yeah. I First of all, I want to go back to qualifying and how effing hot it was that week. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And so the oh fact God, that Emma hot. got yeah. through three matches there in the heat... Um, was able to get herself into the main draw for the first time. You know, she got a wild card at Wimbledon, so this was a way for her to get through the tournament. And then, you know, she she uh, in the main draw. You're always excited as a qualifier. Yes, you've just qualified for your main draw. And and prior to the tournament started, her goal was to make the qualifying of Australian Open. Wow. That was her goal. This is okay. Nuts. So when you think about what happened yeah. three weeks later, it's yeah. it's remarkable. But, you know, her, her walk, I mean, her, her journey through the tournament was unbelievable. I mean, she, 
she didn't have anywhere near the the, the difficulty of draw that Layla Fernandez had. Yeah. I mean, that's just a just straight out fact. Yeah. Uh, you look at the seedings. Sarah, Sarah Serbis Tormo, great player, great good player, season. Belinda Bencic, gold medalist. Yeah, but... Belinda was probably the first time that she walked on the court thinking, okay, well, now we'll see what the test is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Maria Sakkari, you know, great players, but, you know... Layla Fernandez had three of the top five seeds. Yeah. Just boom, boom, boom. I mean, Layla's run through the tournament, not only that, but even in her first round, she played a qualifier, but Anna Konyu, who was the number one qualifier. Yeah, and Konyu's a great and She player. was a number one seed, and she actually, her ranking was 80 in the world as qualifying started because she'd had such a good run up to the US yeah. Open. So she really shouldn't have even been in qualies, but the, because of the cutoff, she was still in the qualies. So for her to beat someone like that had won three matches, and then comes in and has played very well at the US Open. To beat her in the first round, that was already like, wow, okay. you know. And then, and then subsequently her run through the tournament, beating the likes of Naomi and, I mean... Arena uh, Sabalenka. Arena Sabalenka and Kerber. And Kerber, all three setters, all just knock-down, drag-out fights. I do have to say, though, and tell me... You can, you can feel free to call me an asshole. Because, again, she's Canadian. I'm pumped. She's a lefty. It's so hard not to get excited about her. Her run... Reminded me a lot about the way we watch Coco, where there's some great defensive play, some great fight, some great spirit, um, but the crowd helps a lot. Yeah, they did. They you helped. know, and I don't know that this girl doesn't lose two and two to all of those players that you just listed on any other day. It's not to take a single thing away from her. Mm-hmm. Incredible effort as a Canadian, as a Montrealer, super super proud. But just from a sheer tennis perspective. Yeah. I looked at that final and said, oh, Emma's going to have a cakewalk just because her level is so much higher. You know oh, what I and, mean? oh, and we've got a guest coming into the <laughs> studio. Uh, Sam, Hello. come on up. We just had a, uh, we've just had a, a... We've just had a Grand Slam winner. We've just had a multiple Grand multiple Slam winner Grand Slam walk winner. into the apartment, and we can just add her into our podcast live here at uh, the Renee Stubbs apartment. I don't know that that's how consent works. Oh, really? Oh, well, we'll just <laughs> Sam, coerce do you her. want to be on the podcast? Do you want to be on our pod? Guess what? It's happening. Because that's what we're doing right hey! now. Yay! Sam Stoza. Ladies and gentlemen, she's brought me presents. She's brought me rackets, which are definitely going to be going to... Caitlin? Oh, great. Well, we're um, going to be going to the Kings County Tennis League for the... We might even turn the air conditioning on for you, Sam, because I know fan. you're hot. I don't know why I bothered having another shower. No, probably not. It's very hot. <laughs> Sam is going to go wash her hands. Um, um, okay, so while we wait for Sam, what do you think about that? Is that an incredibly controversial no. thing to say? I don't mean it in a bad way. It's great. The new stars, super, super pumped. But I also thought, oh, mm. well, this is a real evidence of crowd help. Yeah, no, no question. And one of the things that I said in the final is it'll be interesting to see how the how the crowd cheer because yeah, they've been so for both of these young yeah, players. Yeah, it's so fun to go for an underdog. And how do you underdog? how do you root for someone who's younger than the one you're rooting for? Right. right. So you've got a 19 year old and 18 year old, and so I was. But the the crowd was actually a lot more favourable to Layla, even walking onto the court and through the match. Yeah. The noise level when no, no no I could hear it. I was very interested in that. When they walked on the court, and I thought, oh, okay, Layla's getting more support. And then throughout the match, Layla definitely got more support, clearly because she was losing as well. Yeah, the crowd likes a long match. But I also think um, the New York crowd, and maybe you could... Oh, I think it's Canadian as well. I think there's a lot of yeah, Canadians sure, sure, sure. Down. Although, you know, the border hasn't been open very long, so I don't know how many True. Canadians have found their way down here. I'm one of the few. I don't know. You should know. I should know. I should have a counter and get the newsletter when a new one crosses the border. But um, I do think the crowd likes to feel its own influence. 
I think the crowd, especially in New York, especially boozy, oh, yeah. likes to feel like they can control the match or at least be a factor. You said something really interesting in the middle. Andrea Pekovich, we were having a drink on her birthday a couple of nights ago. She was like, Renee's commentary tonight was exceptionally good wow. because she said the crowd has just become what, a my, factor. The, my, the third player has shown up to the court, which is the crowd. Well, I actually said if you know you, you had been watching my commentary. I was out drinking. So I said... I, I said... The best player at the US Open has now arrived, the crowd. Yes. And I said that influenced every single one of her matches, there's no question. And they almost brought her back in the final. If she'd broken serve there at 5-3, it would have been really interesting to see how she could have turned it around because Emma really was starting to get a little bit tight, which is completely understandable. Yeah. Um, and but, a lot of people had a lot of um, negative stuff to say about that medical timeout. But I should note, Andy Roddick, who's been one of the best Twitter commentators this the best. whole tournament. I mean, he's great in any context, but he's been really active on Twitter. Just so you know, in the background, Sam is taking out the leftover Greek food that I ordered and reheating it. But go ahead. I mean, she's a Grand Slam champion. We'll she's also her... maybe t- a lot, slightly hungover. A little bit? I feel worse after that cab ride than what I did this Okay. <laughs> she feels worse after the cab ride. <laughs> um... Andy Roddick was saying, look, I wish we had more people on the broadcast explaining what this meant, because when there is blood on the court, especially because an athlete, because of their heart rate and because of the fact that they're sweating, bleeds more than average, if there's blood on the court, the play stops instantaneously and nothing can be done about it. It's not a medical timeout. It's not a player's option to say, hey, I need to get patched up. Play stops. It's like a it's like a heavyweight title boxing fight. Yep. The, the ref calls it. They patch the player up, and the player is sent back on their way. Yep. So I just want to clear that up in case anybody was thinking that Layla was right in being yep. angry about that. There's no just like last year's default of Novak Djokovic. The rules are the rules. You hit a player, an ump, a ball kid, deep. Somebody's bleeding. You stop play. You patch them up. You you move on. And I do think you know in that case, yeah, maybe Layla was going to come back. But the crowd didn't get into it because it didn't end up being an issue, right? Well, yeah. I mean, in the end, um, yeah. I mean, Layla maybe didn't know the the rule there, but yeah, she absolutely needed to clearly um, get her leg taped up. I mean, you saw it actually after even in the pr- trophy presentation, it actually bled through the tape, so yeah. it was bleeding pretty, pretty yeah. profusely anyway. Um, so yeah, so I don't think that that was that was not a factor, and I hope no one ever even remotely thinks that Emma would do anything like that. Um, no, I mean, listen, these kids are too inexperienced to, to work the system. Yeah, you know? exactly. They haven't learned a bit. Well, <laughs> aren't, I don't know about they, that. I don't know, junior tennis. Sam is putting your finger up. Because that is not true. Because there are some players. Just Sam's got... Um, <laughs> um, Ostapenko. Um, there's plenty of players that are in their teens that have done yeah. a little uh, ropey-dope A little ropey-dope. On the court. Uh, yeah, so, but I would, put, would not put Emma in that category. Well, as Sloane Stevens famously says about, in her case, Yulia Pudenseva, but I think it can can be a theme of this tournament. If it's not one scam, it's another. <laughs> exactly. And well, there was no scamming going on. But There was no scamming going on here. Um, it does bring up something I want to address, which is, because I don't, I don't know how you feel about this, so much was made about, um, so little was made about Zverev's very credible, uh, the accusations against him of domestic violence, so I was really happy to see that Mary Carrillo obviously made multiple references to it. ESPN finally brought it up when he made the semis, which was great to see. It's a part of the story. Um, But instead of that being a theme, the toilet gate of Steph Titsipas became a theme. Uh And, you know, is that one scam or another? I don't know. It's within the rules. Is he getting coaching from his dad on the phone? No evidence that he is, but hard to imagine that that's not a possibility. I, what do you, what did you make of that? 
Yeah, I mean, listen, I think the bottom line is he's, he's stretched every rule. And it's a rule that is... He's allowed to go to the bathroom, you know, it's, and there's no time limit on the bathroom stops. And that's just a problem with the tennis, you know, governments. They yeah. need to figure out something a little bit better, particularly on Arthur Ashe, where there's a toilet literally outside the door. So as soon as you leave the stadium, there's a toilet right there. So if you technically have to change your outfit yeah. or go to the bathroom, you, you should far. literally be taking two minutes, maybe. Yeah. You know, if you walk quickly or run off the court... And run back on. And so him taking his bag, going to the locker room, I mean, that's taking eight, nine minutes is just bullshit. Yeah. But do you think that it is I mean, is he taking his phone? Is he doing all that? I don't know. We don't have evidence of that, so I'm not going to accuse him of that. But but I think the broader picture is tennis needs to do a better job, particularly for television. And I can tell you my producer in my year is like "Mm," saying very unkind things because he's like, what are we going to, what do we do now for eight minutes of live television while you're like off in a bathroom? We don't, and you know, and then Patrick Mortaglu says, well, he's going in there to basically find himself or whatever. I'm like, no, that's not the rule. The rule is you got to go to the toilet or you got to change your clothes. You don't go in there and have a meditation moment. Wait, but what if he's pooping? 45 I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Sam just shook her head because that's just... Uh, Do you know that he's not pooping? There's just no chance. Listen, I just moved to Brooklyn. We have two bathrooms now because everyone pooped. And your son, who's like Oh my God, seven. he's pooping constantly. Well, he he's interrupted seven. Andrea's match the other day. I was, we were watching with Mary Carrillo. And I said, Peter, what do you think about this? How's it going? You know, isn't it so fun to see this match up close? And he said, I have to poop. Every time okay. I've taken him to her match, he has to poop. Okay. And it takes 30 minutes. Anyway, my point is, it could happen. Okay. Question, bold suggestion. Mm. Should we film? ban? Should we film in the toilets? No. Should we ban uh, bathroom breaks, but allow on-court coaching? So then people don't have to go to the bathroom to find themselves, or maybe limit the amount of time. So you just got to get it done really quack, quick. But if you're trying to find yourself, maybe you just have a coach, which is way better than for TV. Yes. And such a great well, value actually, add for people who are watching tennis and wanting to understand more about what they're watching. Television would love to interview the player that's still sitting out there for eight minutes. Even, <laughs> sure. They would. They just sure. they, they would love that. They've said that. It'd be great if we could interview the player now that's sitting out there by yeah, themselves yeah, yeah. for eight minutes. You well, know? if this were Patrick Mortoglu's <clears throat> Ultimate Tennis Showdown, they could. What do you think of that? I think that's ridiculous because then the, that person's being disadvantaged twice. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, from the nose. You're going to make them stop. And take away their concentration. All right. So from the nosebleeds, we, we, but I understand why she's saying that. Or you, you have, if you want to leave the court, yeah. 
you have to be interviewed on well, the way back. Oh, How about so that, it Sam? Take away your so it stops even longer. Well, no. So then <laughs> it goes from eight minutes to wait, wait, wait. 10 okay. Minutes. What if you're the person who doesn't go to the bathroom gets to visit with their coach? Yeah. So I think one thing that they could help is if they allow coaches to be able to their player to walk over to their coach or their coach come onto the court. Yeah. And just have a chat with them during that time. Yeah. And some may use it, some may not. Like yeah. some players, and there's been times where I've said no to coaching on the court. There's times where I want to go on the court. Uh-huh. There's times my player wants me out there. Yeah. Sometimes my player doesn't want me out there. So, but then you're leaving it up to the player or the coach to decide yeah. if they want to be able to do it. So just, it might help yeah. that, they, that they do that. But the blanket rule needs to change, and they need to have a specific amount of time, yeah. depending on what court you're on. And how far it is to the bathroom. How far it is from the bathroom, and they can do that quite easily with a player saying, what is, it, what is a, a specific time on this particular court mm-hmm. that is reasonable? Yeah. And, you know, there is... What, what would you say, this Sam? Maybe a couple of outside courts that you need, maybe an extra minute or two to get to a bathroom, whereas at Arthur Ashe, it should be three minutes maximum. Yeah. For sure. Outside courts, it does take longer because there's no toilets always nearby. For sure. Yeah. So you could do that, though. The ATP could say, okay, if you're on court X to, to Y, mm-hmm. you have you can have one four-minute uh, break, um, but that's maximum. And if you're not back, and here's the bottom line. You get penalized. If you are not yeah. back in this accredited time, you will be deducted a point for every single minute you're late. Fair. Yeah, that's great. That's I it. Love, Every I love minute, the rules. and you boom. And I'm telling you, instead of these players walking to the bathroom, yeah. first of all, yeah. that's what pisses me off. I walking off, walking back on. I'm like, one of the things about Layla Fernandez that impressed me so much when she played Kerber, she lost the one of the sets, the second set, and she ran off the court and ran back onto the court with her full kit. So she changed out of her entire gear in two minutes. But she ran off and ran back on. Yeah. And I'm like, that's how you change. Well, it also sends a cool message to your opponent. Like, I'm still in this. Like, I don't think for one second I'm, like, you know. Going I'm, away. Yeah. I'm but like, yeah. It's like when you're jumping around on the baseline after, you know, the point, like a long point. You yes. Just, I feel like you send a message. Yeah. Um, okay, so we've covered bathroom gate. We've covered the women's draw. Do you, just going back really quick to the women, do you feel like Maria Sakari and Arena Sabalenka, house favorites, that's just just brutal. Yeah, it's that hurts. I think that right? one, I think I don't know who it hurts more. I, I think, think maybe Sabalenka. Sabalenka because yeah. you know she went through that period of never getting past the quarters. Yeah, and now she's kind of stuck in the semis. I feel like this was kind of her tournament. To um, I adore her and the way she plays for just sure. Balls out tennis too. And again, the the crowd factor was definitely a factor. Yeah. I don't think her. she loses that match. Under almost any other circumstance, probably not anywhere else, but it, uh, on Arthur Ashe, a pro, a heavily partisan pro. crowd. Yeah, um, and I felt for her. They were cheering for double faults, which yeah. to me just—it's uh, absolutely abhorrent. Yeah. The idea that you would ever cheer uh, for somebody's misfortune. Always, always, always applaud good play. That's you know, just—and I mean that juniors yeah. to recreational to pros. Yeah. yeah, just never find yourself applauding when some something goes wrong for a player. Yeah, it's There's funny. So many other options to cheer. Because Sam is sitting here, it reminded me yesterday there was a couple of double faults where the opponents double faulted and there was not a peep out of our box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not a peep. That was not the case down the other end. I remember. And I'm going to put that out there. And you know, no, I don't you know if were... any of I don't know if any of the any you know the team or whatever. But but if you bring people along, because sometimes it's the people behind you mm-hmm. yeah. that you're bringing that you've given tickets to. Like you got to be the person that stands. I would have stood out and said, "We we don't," and yeah. I will not clap you don't a, double for a double fault. It's just ever. not okay. Ever. I think the only time you would ever do it ever is to maybe give your team match point, and then you and yeah, you reacted say, not like, "Yeah, we won the point." You would react like, 
Okay, a let's go. Next point. No, I yeah. would be talking yeah. about, okay, it's match point. Like, sure, let's sure, win sure. the match point. But I would never applaud that. So no. I just put that out to every team no, out there. No, that's just basic tennis etiquette. you got to not. When I hear it. I didn't, I didn't. And if the crowd does it, that's not your fault. No, but, it's not. But it's but it's also, you guys, yesterday were playing a very pro-American crowd. Yeah. I mean, it was an all-American team team. I'm, the crowd can do whatever they want. Yeah. They're paid money to be there. They can cheer and scream and whoever they want to win, they can, whatever. But your player's box and the people that you are bringing into the stadium you have to say that's not okay um well um, i'm glad we and that did that. not happen on my and our, on our end and because i would have been like no 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 we don't it's not acceptable I, so well anyway. i also feel like there's an australian um joy and competition that um i was talking with somebody last night about novak because now we should talk about men yep um he, and the way that he this person i was speaking to was an eastern european who said that they related to novak's Emotion, his anger, his you know the some of the more chip. positive he has stuff. He a chip on his shoulder. Kind yeah, of attitude. And and you know, and I was sort of thinking about it, and I was like, man, tennis for me, you know, and granted, it didn't go very far, but it's such a joyous thing that it's it's so hard to relate to players who play from a place of anger. That's just like from the the bottom line, like you know, it's so much more fun to watch a joyous run, which is why it was so fun to watch Emma Raducanu win. Yeah, she seems so well, and Layla, both of them. I mean. Even in the final, in that women's final, there were a couple of times where Emma would win a great point and, and Layla um, would smile. Yeah. You know, walking to the chair. Yeah, it's I mean, it was so amazing to watch match. these kids. Right. Are you going to do laundry, Samantha? Um, yeah. Okay. Totally. Um, that's what happens. That's why she's coming here to yeah. do laundry. You, oh, you, you know. Leftovers and. The card is downstairs on my. I think it is. <laughs> oh, listen. You're walking. Look for the clout. Uh, look for the card. It might be in the pocket of my sweatpants yeah, yeah. on the bed. Sam, I have to say, you know, I'm not a huge. I would make Sam put my stuff, which is also in the laundry, in the dryer. But I'm afraid she'll like dry the stuff I don't want to dry. So, is it, is she not? No. You are a good laundry girl. You are. What, is she not I've got three buckets in there somewhere. Is she not accomplished at laundry as much as she is at tennis? No, she's a very good laundry person. Okay, great. Well, but, but she doesn't know what I don't want dry. Sure, sure, sure. She so. doesn't know. Um, okay, men's final. Uh, Novak. If there was going to be a turd in the punch bowl, wow, Danil Medvedev is the turd. Yeah, I mean, I say that lovingly. I love this wow. guy. We put him on the cover of issue number thirteen. Oh, I He's liked a, your photo yesterday. He was with the middle finger up. Well, he just had again crowd. The crowd was trying to be a factor, uh-huh. and he shut it down. Uh-huh. They were cheering his double faults at the end. They were trying to will Novak back into it. They finally decided after years and years that they liked him because they wanted to see history. Did they want to see history, or did they want to see a better match? Yeah, it could be either. Could be. You know, I think it was probably along the lines of... I don't know. We had some, I, I think it, it was a, a combo. We had a lot of people on the ground taking a lot of pictures of people in Serbian flags and face paint, and I think there was a very, very, very vocal, you know, pro Novak. But also, yeah, the crowd likes when matches go to five sets. The crowd likes when it appears to be a battle. You know, sometimes their partisanship can change even within the scope of a match. It would, would have been... It was nice, frankly, to see the crowd get behind Novak. Yeah. Kind of unequivocally. Yeah. I didn't like that sometimes it came at the expense of Danila Medvedev only in the sense that they were applauding double faults and they were applauding errors there at the end. um, So it made sense if he would have flipped a bird to them. I do hope that the crowds, um, they won't because this is kind of why we love New York, right? They don't (laughs) give a fuck, right? They do not give a fuck. Um, That they wouldn't be so parochial when when things go wrong, like a double fault or just a horrible miss or something. And they just 
but you know it's what makes this tournament so special to win because you do have to fight through a lot of adversity sometimes yeah. and a lot of it, it comes with having to fight against the crowd and that's one of the things I said to Sam and Zhang Shui yesterday I was like look the crowd's not going to be on your side so you're yeah. going to have to really know that. walk on the court knowing that you're going to be it's going to be really loud and really parochial and none of it's going to be for you except yep. us yeah and you know Zhang Shui I don't worry about Sam because Sam has dealt with that I mean, obviously that final against Serena was, <laughs> yeah. you know, that was a memorable moment for her not to get too carried away with the crowd being very parochially against her. Um, but Zhang Shui is quite emotional, so she was affected a few times by it. But, mm-hmm. you know, those are the factors that you have to factor in here at the US Open. And, and, and it's uh, not like that at other And it's great. Right? No, it's, it's really oh, The nice. French Open can be. Yeah, if it's a French, French player. If you're playing someone French, it's not fun in yeah. Paris. Yeah, yeah. And in England, they're a little bit more respectful and same in Australia. Yeah. Um, pretty... They just seem so much more knowledgeable about tennis yeah. in those other places and yeah. generally in uh, tournaments like Indian Wells and Rome yeah. that it feels like, you know, you'll get more of the kind of tennis fans that we are or I am which is like you're looking for a good match you're oh well this is one of my favorite players because I like their personality you know whereas knowledgeable as we would eh, say I don't want to give myself that much credit but yes sure knowledgeable Um, now but let's um, so we we had obviously um, I think one of the great things about this tournament was and we mentioned a few times yesterday on ESPN that we didn't have a couple of the biggest names obviously Serena and Roger and Rafa and even Venus and names that we've gotten so used to and loving having here at the US Open um, but it was remarkable how remarkable this tournament oh, was, yeah. even without those stories. I think stories. it was better. And I, I think, think it was better with those thing, guys, to be honest. Listen, to be honest, I want them there. I always sure. want these guys sure, sure, there. Sure. They've given so much to this sport, yeah. and they've, they've made this sport the level that it is now, the money that's there because of their names and the, you know just everything about them. And even Naomi losing early. I mean, these are they, they transcend the sport. But what the great thing that this showed me, this tournament, is that in the end, like everybody always says, nobody is bigger than the sport. Yeah. And we saw that over the last two weeks. And we could never have predicted an 18 and 19-year-old in a final. No. A qualifier for the first time winning the tournament. Um, I think we could... And can we talk about the fact that this girl had a panic attack at Wimbledon? Yeah, no kidding. And got ripped by people like dickhead Piers Morgan, <laughs> Piers Morgan. for being a quitter? Uh, yeah. I mean... This happens to people. Oh, yeah. The fact that it I've happened to I've had a panic attack her. once. I can't imagine having it on TV in front of millions of people. Right. It's one of the worst feelings. If you've never had one, it feels like you're going to die 18. and your heart is exploding out of your chest. It's At a terrible 18. feeling. You think yeah. she's going to just recover like that? No. Well, hello. The very next Grand Slam, she wins? I mean, Come I on. Just, it's a remarkable, no, it's remarkable story. Even Layla Fernandez. Listen, yeah. I saw that girl have such yips on her serve at the start of this year, actually playing a doubles match against Sam. I just thought, how does someone come back from that? Yeah. Because that is a mental little chip that you yeah, have in there tough. when you get the yips on your serve and the toss and so, so to see the maturation of both of them over the yeah. last like six months handle mental yeah men, those are mental um sort of yeah those are hurdles that those are hurdles that are tough to get over yeah to see them both be in the final and play the way they did in yeah. the final they both played really well, well let's... i think Layla could have played a little better, but overall, it was quite a unique. No, 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 and I think even looking moment. at somebody like Carlos Alcaraz, who had a great run, won yeah. a tournament in Umag in Croatia, with kind of like just tearing everybody and backing it up mm-hmm. with a really strong run before he had to withdraw. You know, we had Brooksby Jensen, Jensen oh my God. Brooksby. You know, what the hell, Riley Opelka getting in trouble for busting out a Friedrich Kunath <clears throat> issue number nine cover painter uh, unauthorized bag and getting a fine because he's got an art gallery on his sleeve. Like, it was cool. I think, frankly, to your point, I love those names. Obviously, they've given the sport the amplification and the 
platform that it has always deserved. But to me, tennis has always been about the traveling circus, the mishmash of people, styles, ages, nations, whatever, that travels week to week somewhere cool. And that is really what's shown through all these stories that would normally get overshadowed by like, is it going to be the 20th slam for this yeah. guy? It's yeah. like, how many times do you want to see? Also, like, do you don't think Serena's tired of the Grand Slam conversation? Like, totally. enough already. And the fact that Novak didn't win, and instead we had Daniil Medvedev, who certainly earned his first Grand Slam. He came very close two years ago against Rafa over five sets in the final. You know, the fact that not one of those stories was what was the most important story at the end of the day was so satisfying to me as a tennis fan to say, yeah, tennis is and always has been about the broad diversity of different crazy people who play this sport. Mm -hmm. And what an amazing, from the two golden slams in the wheelchair with Didi DeGroote, Dylan Alcott, the, the doubles with... You know, Sam getting a decade between the last U.S. Open Slam and now it's just... 16 years between so the last cool. doubles. I mean, yeah. Yeah, so we like had... it's just so many cool storylines that, again, the oxygen wouldn't have been in the room to be able to explore these and really get excited about them. And I think what it showed, and I would like to know what the ratings are after when all is mm-hmm. said and done, oh. but, I, but I had people texting us, telling us, this is the most exciting I've... excited I've been to watch the U.S. Open in years... Sam appears to be pantsless with a towel around it. This is a real... Should I, I feel yeah. like we should turn this off. I, mean, I think you is... should take a photo of that and we'll put, put it on as <laughs> our cover of this. <laughs> Sam walking around in a Wimbledon towel uh, because I'm fairly certain she's now washed her jeans that she well, wore Well, at least she here. has a shirt on, I guess. Oh, you just get the wax off them, so I'll put, put them in the freezer. Oh. Wow. Okay. okay. Well, anyway. TMI. But anyway, um, there were so many cool stories that could breathe because of this and it yeah. just made me so excited for what tennis has to offer and I think the the broad consensus was this is the best tournament that people have seen in years and years and yeah. years and not just because of the outcome not just because of the the one or two stories but because of the diversity of stories you know yeah. what I mean I think the great thing is that we've just realized that tennis will always outlive all of us and yeah. it's more important than any superstar and the superstars are super important to the sport but the sport will always outlast the superstars. Yeah. Um, well, I just wanted to also give a shout-out, before I forget, because we do love tennis so much. you got to give a shout-out to Des Kravchek, who won three Grand oh, Slams yes. in mix this year. Yes. One with Joe Salisbury at the French. Yes. Then she won with Skupski at Wimbledon. And then Salisbury Beating again. Salisbury in the final, because he <laughs> right. dumped her to play with a Brit at Wimbledon, and she lovingly took him back and said, all right, fine, I'll play with you at the US Open. And then they won it. And, of course, Joe Salisbury, kudos to him because he became the first male to win the double and the mixed uh, since Bob Bryan. That's so cool. So so an amazing effort from Des. Shout out to Des. And Des was an Arizona State alum? Yeah, Arizona State. Um, all four mixed doubles players um, were college tennis college players. players. So shout out to D1 College Tennis. Shout out to them. All Three of them graduated. One didn't. Um, I think Alvaro didn't. Um, but, but yeah, great, great effort from Des and from Joe. Um, so, yeah, and as I said... Sammy, do you want to just uh, give you any parting words to our... Wait, wait, wait. Before she does, I want to shout out to Virginia Wade, oh. my, with whom I enjoy, you know, not an insignificant flirtation. Fun fact about me and Virginia Wade. It's pretty creepy, but it's true. Uh, you know, she was on hand and was commenting with Emma's win now as being the second Brit since yes. God knows when to win a women's singles 60s, title. 60s, gotta be. Yeah, the last time yeah. Virginia Wade won the... 68. 68 oh. was when Thank Wade you, won the US Open. Mm-hmm. The last time it was played at Forest Hills, as a mm-hmm. matter of fact. Um, yeah, but now, so just, you know, hey, Virginia, how you doing? Um, well, 
and Sam, uh, come join us. Any parting thoughts? Any thoughts you have? Congratulations! I'm delighted you get we get to be the first people to pod with you. Yeah, Every thank day. you. Well, now you're like been on our pod three times. This is a pretty. You can pull that chair up if you want there. Yeah. What? What? Um, yeah. What struck you? Pan, pan, Sam is pantsless. Just, everyone. <laughs> I've got a towel around me. He's settled. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just in general, or what? Yeah. Just the overall. The obviously the moment for you to win your. Um. Know, yeah. It was eighth Grand Slam. Uh, four, yes. Four Eight. doubles, three mix, one singles. So, yeah, to win a tournament 16 years later after winning it the first time is just amazing. It was actually quite an emotional feeling out there. And um, I know you were in tears, so that was. was fun to see. But, yeah, I think we all were, actually. But, yeah, it was just, I, you know, came into this kind of U.S. swing, struggling for match wins and, you know, playing with different partners and as great as they were and, and had fun and everything else, um, you know, we didn't click as well as what Shui and I do. And we've obviously got a lot more matches together over previous years. So to just be able to get back together in Cincy and then carry that through and win 11 matches straight was just something I never would have thought, um, yeah, would happen in the last three weeks. So going home, very, very happy. Can That's you tell awesome. me one funny, any, like Sam always has these <coughs> funny stories about what Shui says to her on the court. Um, you know, some can be repeated, some cannot. Um, but was there anything yesterday where she said to you in the final, like something that was just, you just thought, oh my God, you're such a classic? Cause no, is- she didn't really. She was probably a bit more serious yesterday. I think, you know, the moment and everything else, but we did try and always smile and, you know, have fun and do all the things that we usually do. Um, she didn't really say really funny things yesterday. There was one moment when she actually lost serve, um, in the second set, the only time she lost serve and the crowd went bananas. And, I mean, it wasn't, I don't know, what, maybe half full, maybe, but on that court it is so loud mm-hmm. when they all get going and that sound just bounces off everything. And she actually put her fingers up to her ears, <laughs> like to close her ears because like it Bianca was so loud. Did. did she? Yeah, yeah. in yeah. 2019. So it was like that and she was just like, I could see that, that noise just was like she yeah. couldn't let that bother her and get to the, you know, yeah, bother her place. So I thought that was really interesting because I've never seen her do that before and that was obviously how that she was going to handle that moment and try and calm down and, yeah. all right, refocus and get on with it. Was what, that her first slam? No. no we won the Aussie together a couple won, of years ago. Yeah, a couple yeah. of years ago. And was there any sort of parallels to what today's or yesterday's match was like with that? Was it sort of like okay, this is going th- this is going three. We're playing against some hometown favorites. Oh, yeah. obviously, no, very different being guys, in Australia. Of course. So we had the whole crowd and right. everything else, and that was you know very different feeling to yesterday. And even I know we were playing Americans and you know everything else, but it was really one sided cheering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I knew that going into it, but yeah. it still kind of surprised me how much. Yeah. But um, I think, yeah, that, I mean, that was a huge difference as far as playing, but it was just such a close match. It was like yeah. a few points here, a few points there, a couple of breaks, and that was it for yeah. the, the whole match. And we, you know, just, I guess, played better in the bigger moments. Yeah. And what did she tell did you on match to do. when you were serving? So the first one she called um, a kicker wide, and we did actually played a good point and I've never run for a lob as hard as what I did <laughs> when they, when Coco hit an amazing lob actually over Shway's head and I was just bolty. I was not going to not touch that She ran so fast, ball. her hat came off. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't get it back in the court, but I was like, okay, that I just had to give yeah. it everything. And then um, the second one, she just looked at me and said, 
your favorite. I know what it is. Yeah. And then ran up to the net and then that was it. That's hit my, cool. Hit my serve and yeah, Coco missed it. And that was just a, yeah, boom, incredible. Boom. Yeah. Well, that's a real testament to knowing how to be in high pressure situations with somebody familiar, right? Mm-hmm. Just be like, oh, we have a shorthand, you know, we have each other's backs. Yeah. Even if the situation is a little adverse. Oh, for sure. And that's, I think, our greatest strength is that we yeah. back each other. We trust each other. We, doesn't matter whether you make it or you miss it. It's on to the next point. And, yeah. and sometimes I think it's interesting because in Cincinnati, you wanted to serve one thing and she told you to serve another. Mm-hmm. And, and then yesterday she said, you hit your, what you want to hit right now. So I think that's really important for doubles people to understand or kids growing up or trying to get an established doubles partnership is that sometimes you have to call your partner's serve mm-hmm. because you can sort of see in their eyes that they, they don't really direction. know. Yeah. And then there's sometimes where, and frankly, Sam had served a really good game. Um, you, you leave it to them to experience and say, this is what I'm calling. Yeah. So that's really important. So I think that's important in that moment. Yeah, and even first point of that game, actually, she told me where she wanted me to serve on the first point before I even said anything, yeah. and I changed it. I was like, no, I'm doing this instead. Mm-hmm. And she's like, okay. Yeah. So it's like... She, she likes to try and help and she yeah. obviously can being at the net you can see where your opponents may be standing mm-hmm. or leaning towards more frequently or anything like that so she tries to help me I guess making those decisions but in that moment yesterday I was like no I'm gonna hit the serves I need to hit right now that's what we go with all right last question um so Renee sort of alluded to this before but I didn't get as satisfying of a anecdote out of her so take me back to last night I'm talking to two slightly hungover people snafu the bar mm-hmm. and you're what are you drinking at what point does dylan alcott come into the picture like what just paint the picture for me well so we just had to go to snafu because that's where we went after i won the singles title here so i said we just got to go there for one drink and then we can do whatever anyone wants so we went there for one drink and ended up spending the whole night sure, there as, but, as you know moving probably wasn't going to happen and I reckon we were almost kind of good to kind of Yo. pack it up. And then this cab arrived and I was like, that's Steph from ESPN. And then she's come around and she's like, Dylan's in the car. <laughs> and I'm like, what? How did you come here? Why did you come here? And they just came because it was the only place still open so late. So um, then Dylan rocked up and then all of a sudden we're like holding trophies and wearing gold medals and, you know, having another couple of drinks. I went inside and ended up getting a shot and I'm just like, what? What am I doing? This is not good. That's a great Now I ran down the street and bought some pizza. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah, I bought 20 bucks worth of pizza. I was like, how much can I get for this? And he's like, a whole one and four more. And I was like, give it all to me. And they all got eaten pretty (laughs) Mm -hmm. much. So, yeah, that was that. Went home at 2. 2 a.m. Home at 2, sleep by 3. Didn't feel amazing this morning. Well, that's fine, though. <laughs> so there you go. US Open 2021. Well uh, done. Well done. Well done, both of you. Well done. I'm just distinctly uh, privileged to be in your company to record a podcast. So I better get this up right now. So our many, many fans have yeah. been harassing me. Somebody came up to me and said, are you Caitlin from the Racket Podcast? And I was like, yes, expecting to get a compliment. He was like, why haven't you done one? And I was like, <laughs> fuck, okay, all right. All right. So I was like, all right. So I guess, there you go. Yeah, I didn't like sign any autographs, but I had to apologize a lot. So, so not only did we do one for you the day after whilst being hungover, but we also added <laughs> a eight-time Grand Slam champion and now third time on the pod. Third time? Second. No, third. 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 She was our guest uh, host in, in Indian Wells prior oh, really? to the pandy. Oh, yeah. yes. When the pandy hit, um, short for pandemic, um, the pandy hit, you were I've on I've been the a host more than a guest. Yes, you have. <laughs> <laughs> right, on that note. On that note. 
Thank you for listening. Thank you, Sam. And thank you, everybody. Thank you for being patient with us. I promise you we're going to be having more and more. Depends on Caitlin. Goodbye. Goodbye. And that's it for this episode of the Racket Magazine podcast. Thanks for listening. Our host is Renee Stubbs. Our co-host and producer is me, Caitlin Thompson. Music by internationally renowned DJ Stretch Armstrong. Thanks to Tim Ruggieri and the team at ACAST. Find us at racketmag.com slash podcast and subscribe to us at any of your favorite podcatchers. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.